0: Hello and welcome in to Sports by the Book here in the South Point Studios. I'm Matt Nevert here on a Tuesday along with my partner Alex White. We've got a jam-packed show for you this afternoon. Welcome in. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe here to South Point Studios on YouTube. We've got our man Arash Markazi joining us in studio in about 15 minutes. He was at Super Bowl 58 here at Allegiant Stadium, six miles that way down the road. He'll tell us the insider's perspective, everything that he saw. We'll have to see what the Usher performance was like. In person, cause we liked it on TV. Not everybody did, but we will take that cross to bear. But before we get into that, Alex, great to see you. Welcome back.
1: You too. Great job doing double duty. You were on punchlines earlier. Yeah, you know, um, got a got a promo hour. All about that cross promotion. That's right.
0: Here at uh, South Point Studio, and yeah, thanks to Frank Nicotero for having me on every Tuesday. He did a great spot with Ron futrell talking about just about everything Las Vegas sports, mm-hmm. about the A's and. Uh, what what to expect and uh yeah if there's anybody that knows the las vegas sports scene you know him well ron futrell is that guy
1: oh yeah definitely i mean he had a lot of great information uh him and ryan went back and forth a little bit with the ace but it was a great show if you haven't watched it go back and check it out it is on youtube you know you can always find our old shows there
0: wait till we're off though this yeah show, yeah yeah. finish this hour first here on the uh on the west coast and in- Believe it or not, we're going to open today's show talking about the Super Bowl. That's what we've been getting into uh, for the last couple of weeks, and we have just a couple more things to break down as it relates to next season because there's a lot of lessons to be learned. We learned a lot of lessons as well, and, and one lesson we learned, and maybe not learned yesterday, but I've learned in the past, Americans love football. Check this out. That game yesterday, or Sunday, I should say. Man, we're already two days past the Super Bowl. The most watched telecast in history. Uh, breaking records. It helped that it was a matchup of two pretty public, pretty popular teams, the 49ers on the West Coast and the Chiefs in Swiftland. Uh, Everybody and their brother not only wanted to watch the game, but had an opinion because I think that's important too. You're not going to get viewers if people don't have an opinion one way or the other and, with the way that this game was, especially with the betting line being as 50-50 and as close as it was, I think everybody had an opinion one way or the other on this game, and it, it reflected in the ratings.
1: Matt, you're so right. I think um, Taylor Swift obviously did draw a lot of attention there. Being in Las Vegas helped a lot. I mean, everybody, I mean, they showed all the celebrities that were at the game. People knew celebrities were all over the city all week long, so I think that kind of drew some eyes as well. And you're right, two of the top public teams, you're right, they... Um, Definitely had their opinions, and we also talked about the betting angle yesterday and how it did break the record. The Bengals and the Rams right, had held that, yeah, and then now yep, we saw more betting, too. So all those views, just imagine how many people actually had money on the game as well.
0: And imagine how much money was not reported, it, whether it's in offshore markets or bets <laughs> between buddies. Uh, that's, that's just the legal true. markets that we know the numbers for. But I think that number on the bottom of that graphic really telling. More than 200 million viewers watched all or part of the Super Bowl across the networks, Highest unduplicated total audience in history, and up ten percent from last year's Super Bowl. What did everybody have against that Chiefs Eagles Super Bowl last year?
1: Right, especially because the Eagles have such a fan base and a loyal fan base. So I would have thought that one would be a uh, just a side, but I really do think Taylor Swift she brought in a lot of people, especially a lot of women that didn't know how great football was, were j- introduced to it and got into it more this year. And you know, a lot of people were wearing. I'm rooting for Taylor Swift's boyfriend, and yeah. that was enough, and that's okay. We're just happy to have more people watching this great sport.
0: And I'm not a, a tinfoil conspiracy theory guy. You know, I'm not wearing the, the tinfoil hat, but uh, I do think the NFL very, very happy that Taylor Swift is happy. Uh, I, I would not be surprised to see some Taylor Swift licensed NFL merchandise next year. How about
1: that? I'm. I would not be surprised either. And you know what? She's living her best life. Those videos of her going out oh, yeah. after with the team celebrating. It's kind of nice to see her let her hair down and uh, have some fun as well. Because I mean, she's been working her butt off for what thirty four years already, oh, yeah. and yeah. is uh, building this empire that she has. So it's good. She's enjoying life in love, apparently. And <laughs> uh, they're celebrating with the the Super Bowl. Back to back champions, and I
0: gotta go find where Jason Kelsey gets all these ridiculous <laughs> costumes and props. He had the uh, the Swami costume when uh, they they won the Super Bowl, and uh, he had the the lot the Nacho Libre uh, right? luchador mask. I I gotta go to Jason Kelsey's prop shop.
1: Well, the best part, him showing up to Vegas, right, with the. Um- Alan from The Hangover. Yes, I thought that was fantastic. And
0: then he left Vegas wearing the giant (laughs) sweatshirt from The Big Lebowski. I mean, that man has a trunk of costumes with him at all times, it seems like.
1: And we talked about his wife, right? She refused to wear Chiefs because she is a loyal Eagles fan. Talking about those loyal Eagles fans. But she did have red on and Cincinnati. So it was good. I think it was a great turnout all around, obviously. Betting-wise and the numbers show it for the viewership. And Usher made out pretty well, too. We know that those um, halftime performers don't get paid, but... In the end, they do end up making some money off of Absolutely, that.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Take a look at this. We showed this graphic during Punchlines. People, when they hear that the performers don't get paid to do the Super Bowl halftime show, think they're doing it for free. That is not the case. Usher making stupid money, uh, over $50 million <laughs> in exposure for a 15-minute performance. I mean, he earned it in sweat. And we'll, we'll talk to <laughs> Arash Markazi about what he saw in person I mean, I don't know if you could pay me $50 million to get on rollerblades in front of a international audience like Usher did.
1: He clearly practiced, right? He had the moves. He was going backwards and everything. So, yeah, that's a, that's a new thing, that skating. I remember during COVID, a bunch of my friends like, had bought rollerblades and roller skates and were trying to pick that up watching videos of you know, girls how to dance on skates. You
0: know who I bet would absolutely tear up a roller rink? Who's that? Our guy, Frank Nicotero.
1: Yeah, I, I could why. see that.
0: I could see Frank on roller skates. Just... I thought you were
1: going to say Jerry. I was going to no, pick Jerry. Well, that,
0: that's a foregone conclusion. Everybody <laughs> knows that Jerry is a whiz on, on roller skates. I could glades. just see him
1: with I, the guitar and skates. I can see Frank
0: being that guy at the roller rink that kind of like dashes in between people kind of annoyingly, but kind of charmingly.
1: Yeah, gets the party going. That's Frank, that's for sure. He <laughs> didn't even mention yesterday. He got on the mic here mid-game and was like who's for the Chiefs who's for the Niners who's for the over and everyone was going crazy it was fantastic I mean
0: Frank took an opportunity to get up in front of a crowd <laughs>
1: can you believe it color me <laughs> Uh
0: but that's about all we got on this year's Super Bowl we'll talk to Arash Markazi here in about 15 minutes uh, with some of his thoughts but I want to take a look at Super Bowl odds for next year and lo and behold the two teams that were in the Super Bowl this year are the two Super Bowl favorites for next year the 49ers uh, opening as the Super Bowl favorite at six to one the chiefs at eight to one next year does the order of those top two surprise you
1: no it really doesn't because it's so hard to go back to back and then now they are going for a three peat here which I want your opinion on this I think they kind of um spoke about that a little too early because they just put a huge target on their back for okay. the other 31 teams well, that in was the, the league
0: first thing that Patrick Mahomes said after the game when he was being interviewed. He was like, you know, you just to get to the three-peat, you got to get two, and here we are. I, I agree. That kind of stood out to me. Um, but, of course, the Chiefs getting a lot of the, the respect that they deserve. And just looking through the the, the top teams, the Ravens and the Bills at 10-1, to I think those are both fair. The Bengals getting Joe Burrow back, and we'll yes. see what they do in free agency with the wide receiver situation. Uh, T. Higgins a free agent. Tyler Boyd mm-hmm. a free agent. Uh, Bengals at 12-1, to along with the Packers, who I, I think are getting an appropriate amount of respect. They really showed us what they are about on the defensive side of the ball at the end of the year. And Jordan loved to fight a lot of expectations this season. So I think that that's fair the two teams with some question marks, kind of at 12 to one with the Bengals in the pack.
1: I think the Packers are a little low. I think so, people kind of jumped in there a little too soon. And honestly, I think the bills are still a little low. They've been a betting favorite for the last couple of years and yet they still haven't really showed us much. Right. So I, I, I understand like going off of the roster and their potential but I mean the Packers still have a long way to go. I think that division is going to be stacked. So yeah. it makes it really tough for them cuz I think the Lions are going to be back again both those teams and if Kirk Cousins stays there in Minnesota you can't ever count out the Vikings. That
0: is true. I I am a Kirk Cousins apologist both on the field and from a fantasy perspective. Absolutely. Well, you, do, are you are you not a Kirk guy?
1: I love Kirk Cousins okay, okay. and I thought that he really proved this year. I mean, they went through three quarterbacks I think after him and yeah. really showed how much he means and how valuable he is to that team. So, is that what you were saying or you Yeah, I'm saying. You I, are I too. like Kirk okay. cuz there are a
0: lot of people that say he's a game manager that'll yeah. never, you know, make anything. Keep in mind he's never had a defense. I I think the number that I saw at the end of the regular season, he's never had a defense that's even been top 20? That's crazy. At the very least, he's never had a top fifteen defense to back him up. So when he puts up big numbers like he did at the beginning of this year before he got hurt, he's never had the support. Uh, so that that is interesting. The Vikings, by the way, at, at fifty to one, uh, all the way down the list. Now there's a couple of teams at seventy five to one that I think are interesting, and I, I'd like to kind of get your thoughts on maybe the, the tiers of the teams at seventy five to one. Listen to these teams: Broncos, Raiders, Saints, Giants, Buccaneers, who were a playoff team this year, and the Colts. Which of those teams with 75-1 to 1 odds do you think is going to be your best bet next year? Maybe not to win the Super Bowl. Who's going to be the best out of those?
1: Okay, so that's really tough. And I'm glad that we're doing this segment because it's very important to shop around like we always say. Because I know right behind us, I saw the Broncos at 100-1. to 1. So if you're going to take a flyer on them, make sure you are getting the best number there. I was thinking the Broncos because they did... Turn their season around there, right after they were embarrassed and uh, Miami scored seventy on them. I also thought they were kind of going to go in different directions from Russell Wilson and maybe rebuild this offense. Um, but I, it's hard to go against the Bucks who were just in the playoffs. But so. The- those numbers.
0: Where Baker Mayfield's going to play?
1: Baker Mayfield and uh, Mike Evans, right, yeah. is a free agent now, so we'll see what happens there. I do like the Colts. I'm an Anthony Richardson believer too, Same. so I'm excited to see what he can do in more than just a game or two under his belt. So those are all pretty intriguing, especially at the high number. And I think people know when you're looking at these odds and you're taking a big number, it's more for value reasons, right? And if you can just get them into the playoffs. You could start hedging a little bit there.
0: Yeah, I think that the Colts under under Shane Steichen, former UNLV Rebel, are are, are going to be really good on the offensive side of the ball once more. It's going to be about answering those question marks uh, on the other side while playing defense. But I wanted to take a look too before we move on. The teams grouped at thirty to one. Is okay, that, there's some interesting ones here, and these are teams kind of right on the cusp of you know a playoff bid if if these were you know standings potentially. The teams are 30-1. to The Falcons, the Bears, the Browns, and the Jaguars. I think that that is a really interesting grouping of teams moving in various directions, some up and some down in people's minds.
1: I completely agree. It's really interesting to see what the Falcons are going to do at the quarterback position now that they have a new coach and if they're going to use Bijan Robinson correctly this year. So that's intriguing right there. They're a really good team. I mean, their defense kept them in a lot of games, and they just let that division slip away from them. The Bears is interesting. I really have no interest there. I'm going to pass on that one definitely. I think the Browns and the Falcons would be my two um, favorites of these, even though the Jaguars have so much potential and they do have the coach and the quarterback in the positions. They just didn't do a whole lot this year, but the Browns are interesting. I don't know. Um, Deshaun Watson still has not proven to be that same quarterback he was with the Texans. So will this be the turning point? Will this be the year for him? I mean, the Browns did so good with other quarterbacks after he went down, you would think he could step in right there and take this team really far.
0: And all those teams looking up at the Jets at 22 to 1. <laughs> I'm not betting the Jets with your money. Good luck on that. Uh, moving forward, taking a look at MVP odds for next year. And uh, this is a very interesting market at this point. Patrick Mahomes, as of right now, the betting favorite at 6 to 1, with Josh Allen at 8 to 1, Joe Burrow at 9 to 1 right behind him. What do you think of this grouping of quarterbacks at the top?
1: I think it is just right right there with those three Um, Patrick Mahomes is really interesting because I was looking at their schedules coming up and we were kind of talking about it off air and we're going to continue to look at this because it's very important to see who they have but not only do they have their division who we know Chargers and and Raiders but they also are going to play the NFC South this year who is the worst division in all of football last year with the Panthers the Falcons and
0: New Orleans. New
1: Orleans, the Saints, In Tampa, yeah. and Tampa. So um, I think that gives them a good shot there. I don't know. I also think Mahomes could be, I mean, Burrow could be a comeback story here after getting hurt last year. So what do you think about those? So, who would be your pick?
0: I mean, right now it's got to be Mahomes with what you said, and you got to consider the schedule as well because they don't give MVP to a, a losing team. You got to win games That's right. to win the MVP award. So I think that Mahomes obviously has the best advantage right now. They've got the scheduling advantage next year. Uh, And yeah, I think that this is appropriately priced. What do you think about C.J. Stroud ahead of Lamar Jackson who would try to go back-to-back and win his third MVP?
1: That is pretty crazy right there. But C.J. Stroud, I mean, he definitely proved himself. It makes me nervous when a rookie quarterback comes out and plays that well. You can anticipate some type of regression. Now every team has film on them, right? So that one... uh, I don't know if I'd be jumping in the window to bet that. But Lamar Jackson back-to-back, I don't I don't see that either. I think they're going to continue to work on this new craft and him passing more, right? And they did that this year and went away from him using his legs so much. So I think it'll be um, spread out between his offense there. Then uh, we can start looking at some long shots as well.
0: Yeah, well, the one I wanted to ask you about before we did get to those long shots, because I have a, a real interest in a couple of them, Justin Herbert at 14-1. to getting a lot of confidence from the betting market because of Jim Harbaugh, because of all the changes coming to Los Angeles this year, I think that number's too high. And I think that he is supremely skilled. I think the Chargers are going to be better. They really can't get much worse than they were last year. Uh, I just don't see Justin Herbert leapfrogging. I'm, I'm just looking at the numbers right now. I, I don't see him leapfrogging Mahomes. I don't see him leapfrogging Allen. I don't see him leapfrogging Burrow or Stroud unless the Chargers just go off, and he is the reason why. He has to have the season of a lifetime, to be the MVP next year.
1: If you think about it this way, though, Matt, he does not have a good defense unless they really Another can build. A good right. So if they can build up this defense, but still, I mean, if they can get these wins, well, uh, you know, if their defense doesn't improve that much, it is going to fall on him, and he will be looked at for the MVP award.
0: And a couple of long shots that we had talked about before the show, surprising numbers, and the, the historical facts don't necessarily back up Laying your mortgage on these guys right now, but it isn't interesting to see Christian McCaffrey at 100 to 1 and Tyreek Hill at 125 to 1. And, you know, like, like I said, running backs don't typically win MVP, especially as of late. You have to have an absolutely phenomenal season as a wide receiver to even be in the conversation. But listen to the other guys at 100 to 1. You're telling me that Christian McCaffrey has the same odds to an MVP as Will Levis, Geno Smith, and Bryce Young. I don't see that.
1: And you know what? It was already in the conversation this year for yeah. him to win the regular he season MVP. Season yes, he was. So, I I mean, 100 to 1. Why not put a little bit on that right now? And we just talked about him yesterday, what he did in the Super Bowl. He was the first player to have 80 receiving and rushing yards. Is 80 the right number? Yeah,
0: it was, it was 75 or more, but he had 80, 80 or more both.
1: Okay. And so I think they will continue to utilize him in that way. We've seen kind of Debo take a step back in that offense We could see an even bigger role played by Christian McCaffrey. I like that one. Tyreek Hill plus 125, it's not terrible either if Miami can do what they did last year and be that offensive dynamic team that they were. And um, people were kind of pushing it more towards him than Tua already. So it's not a bad one. Um, I also kind of like Matthew Stafford at 20-1. to
0: Yeah, he was just off that graphic. He was the next one below uh, Jalen Hurts, who I think we saw this season... Uh, is not a guy that I would bet with, with uh, any MVP consideration.
1: Third new offensive coordinator since he's been in the yeah. league, right? Now yeah. he has another new one. That kind of makes me nervous and makes me not want to bet a guy either, which that uh, it's very interesting. Mahomes has been very lucky with his coordinators, hasn't he, in the last few years? Go
0: figure. Consistency <laughs> helps in, in the NFL, uh, especially when you got a guy like Patrick Mahomes who is Mr. Consistent. You know day in and day out what you're going to get from Patrick Mahomes. Uh, one last thing I wanted to talk about just to put a bow on the conversation uh, from the Super Bowl, and we're going to do it before we bring in Arash Markazi because he was at the game. He wasn't able to watch the commercials, and we were going to talk about this okay, yesterday, Yes, but I wanted to mix it in, and I said it on the show yesterday. People say the Super Bowl commercials are getting worse. The commercials aren't getting worse, people. Your expectations are just getting higher. I mean, it is the number one highest paid for commercials in the history of ever, $7 million for a 30-second spot. Yeah. Um. And it is every year a bigger and bigger deal. My beef and we'll go through a couple of our favorites and least favorites here in a second, but my beef Alex is with these companies that a release the entire commercial a week to two weeks ahead of time good commercials, but it just loses its appeal once you uh, once you've seen it once or twice on on social media. but the companies like State Farm that put out a trailer for a commercial <laughs> I don't care about the trailer show me the damn commercial
1: i am complete opposite i love the trailer for the commercial that's why uber eats was actually one of my favorite commercials because of the lead-up with victoria beckham and her kind of introducing what they were getting at with the commercial coming up and i didn't think it disappointed i thought it was very good so that's funny we're kind of on opposite sides there but i try to avoid them if If even if they do drop them before Super Bowl, I try to avoid it to wait for the actual day to watch it.
0: So, what was one of your favorites? Because I've I've got a couple that I liked. I've got a couple that I very much did not like. What was one of one or two of your favorites?
1: So, definitely the Uber Eats with all the celebrities. So, I pretty much pay pay the money, get 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 the celebrities in there, and I think you'll do very good. I also love the Dunkin' Donuts one. I thought that that was one or two and they made a lot of money because they sold those track suits
0: yeah and i didn't i didn't get one
1: <laughs> and now they're going for a lot of money on ebay so i missed out yeah you did you actually tried to jump on there and get one for 60 bucks now you got to pay like 1500 i but... have
0: to call my my uh my best friend close personal friend tom brady and have him send me yeah, one yeah 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 um there was a, there was a couple that i liked i liked obviously like that one i liked the uh the the paramount plus one where Patrick Stewart throws Hey Arnold.
1: Love that one. I thought, that but that one, one was released early. Was I did. I, saw I accidentally see that one early. A couple
0: of weeks before, almost. I
1: thought it was fantastic. Tackled
0: laughing. I just remember watching it, and you're, it's one of those ones where you're like, "What's gonna happen next?" Um, I thought that the
1: um, Oh Creed's here.
0: <laughs> yeah, Creed. All of a sudden, they're 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 cashing in on Creed. I thought that Creed died when the Rangers won the World Series this year.
1: No, not at all. Not
0: at all. Okay. The, uh, the 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 ones. I didn't. I uh, the uh, Chinese e-commerce yeah. company it's something that like no one's ever heard of in America at least and it was the same commercial three times i think if you're going to pay for three commercials you should do three separate commercials not the same one three times especially with the super bowl
1: i completely agree
0: it's one thing if you're watching a game and you see the same budweiser ad three times right. in the regular season but you got to go all out for the super bowl did you did you have another one that that stood out to you
1: actually i was going to say that paramount one um uh, the State Farm yeah, with I'm Arnold looking, Schwarzenegger.
0: Looking through our list right now. I liked the one for If, the, the Ryan Reynolds John Krasinski movie, where they did um you, you, you have to watch you you have to have watched The Office to have understood okay. it. Um but they had um uh Randall Park, who plays who pretends to play Jim, who's John Krasinski's character in the office in an episode and they uh they make it seem like oh you're, you're the crazy one for thinking he's a different person. So they did that. It was kind of a funny callback, but again, you had to watch The Office, so I think right. that there was some exclusionary factor in that.
1: I missed that one. Um, yeah, because you
0: were here. You went you went back and did the research yourself and watched these, right?
1: Right. I mean, I saw a few, but I've, if I'm here watching the game and I got to get up to get food or go to the bathroom, I'm, I'm not missing the game. So I had to sacrifice some commercials here, but. Yeah, I thought overall they they did a really good job. Um the Popeye's one was I like that was one. very good.
0: I like that one. I two more that I really liked. I loved the NFL Sunday ticket one where they That's had the right. bird themed teams all flapping their wings and uh just I was that was another one where I'm like all right, what's going to happen next? What team I'm trying to go through my head. Okay, the Ravens are coming. Oh, there they are. Here comes the Cardinals there is the Cardinals. I thought that I thought that one was really funny. Although I've heard mixed mixed opinions on that
1: one. I thought it was very strange. I didn't really know what was going on. Right but up my alley, Yeah. <laughs> but I, it definitely stuck with me. So I think that's important.
0: That was a good one. And then I loved my number one favorite Super Bowl commercial. commercial. Michael Sarah Cera for Sarah V.
1: Oh my gosh! Yes, I forgot about that one. That was fantastic.
0: The part where he's rock climbing and rubbing the lotion on the rocks, and then uh, cuts to the end, and he's like pitching it in, a, in an ad meeting, and he's like, "Get it." Because Sarah's my last name and nobody says a word.
1: Right. And I was on um, Twitter or X yesterday and they had an advertisement pop up and it said, not done by Michael (laughs) (laughs) Sarah." So that was pretty good. They kept playing on it, which is important. I also saw something. Did Kanye West have a commercial?
0: I don't think he had a commercial. He had a, a listening party for his new music.
1: Okay, because I Dennis. saw that he paid the $7 million for Interesting. a 30-second spot but didn't put, have the money to make a commercial, so he did it on his phone. But I didn't look up if no, I, I, I actually saw a one. little 30-second commercial. That must have been
0: broadcast adjacent, like right around it, because I think I just missed it. Um, before we get Arash on, last question. Is there one that you did not like? Was there one that you saw and it just didn't do anything for you? Because I certainly have one.
1: No, I don't think so. I'll let you take this. The
0: one that I didn't like was the, MG, uh, the M&M's. I almost said MGM. I didn't mind the MGM one. The M and M's one, uh, the Almost Champions Ring of Honor. Um, D- Dan Marino was in like three commercials in the first quarter of the game. What what year is this? I thought that it, it, had, it was a funny premise, but just just missed the mark.
1: Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was okay. I mean, Scarlett Johansson jumped in there too, kind of uh, poking fun. Um, but is I forgot really- to bring up too the Mountain Dew one. I thought was great with the blast with Aubrey Ollie Plaza. Yes, yeah. I thought that was really.
0: She's funny. funny. We're talking about consistency with Patrick Mahomes. You will never find a more consistent person than Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza. She <laughs> plays the same exact character, whether it's her or a, a character that That's she's playing in any of yes. shows and movies. Yeah, i big Aubrey Plaza fan. Uh, but yeah, our favorite Super Bowl commercials, only because we didn't get it in yesterday. We're going to step aside here on Sports by the Book. Our man Arash Markazi is here. We're talking Super Bowl, putting a bow on Las Vegas' first big game. Don't go anywhere. Sports by the Book, back in two minutes.
2: South Point offers all the types of entertainment you'd expect at a first-class Las Vegas resort. Did you know our 400-seat showroom is one of Las Vegas' top destinations for live entertainment? Enjoy live performances by classic Vegas entertainers, fans, and today's hottest comedians, plus a rock and dance floor. You can also enjoy live entertainment at the Grandview Lounge, where you'll feel all the vibes of old Las Vegas. Enjoy the music, and if you love to laugh, don't miss The Dirty at 1230, our very own free comedy show, every Friday night at 1230 a.m. in the Grandview Lounge. The Dirty is 100% free, so arrive early. Go to southpointcasino.com or call the box office at 77136 for today's performances at the showroom and the Grandview Lounge. When you're ready for your favorite cocktail, stop in and unwind at one of our seven specialty lounges. There's a bar around every corner, because you're in Vegas, baby. South Point Casino has plenty of attractions for the whole family. Catch a movie. Our 16-screen movie theater includes two XD extreme screens for the ultimate in viewing, sound, and luxury. After the show, treat the family to a variety of treats at our old-fashioned ice cream parlor, Kate's Corner. We scoop up a variety of creamy concoctions, including smoothies, hand-dipped cones, milkshakes, malts, sodas, and sundaes. At Kate's, there's something for everyone. And if you've still got time to spare, our bowling center might be right up your alley. Voted Best of Las Vegas, it's a great place for friends and family fun. 64 lanes, a pro shop, snack bar, and arcade. And while the kids are bowling, you can play slots and sip on a drink in the Alley Cat Lounge while overlooking the lanes. For our more serious and professional bowlers, the South Point is also home to a separate tournament bowling plaza.
0: Welcome back to Sports by the Book here from the South Point studio. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. We'll read your live comments off towards the end of the show as we go to 2,000 subscribers. And we're back with our good friend here in the studio. He joined us last week from Radio Row. He's joining us here after a really crazy Super Bowl 58 for all intents and purposes, it's our man, Arash Markazi. Arash, thanks so much for stopping by to recap the Super Bowl with us.
3: Thanks for having me. Like, I wanted to come on last week, but there was just so much happening on Radio yeah. Row. Uh, but happy to be here. Thanks for having
0: me. I mean, there was the Clydesdales here last <laughs> I week. <heard> that <laughs> was about as big a uh, celebrity yeah. as, as we had actually in the house at South Point. So I don't blame you for, uh, for getting it. That must have been movies. awesome. Yeah. yeah.
1: Were, you, were you here for that, Alex? I wasn't. I actually <laughs> did. I met them the day before. We did a little uh, video. Picture, yeah. Yes, but I wasn't here when they came to the Sportsbook. Oh i did watch frank's show though it was yeah, fantastic they put their bets you, in were you, were you here for that
0: majestical <laughs> the words of our, our lovely director and yeah i don't know why the, the Clydesdale scare me horses in general oh interesting kind of scare me but the, the clydesdales <laughs> just because of how big they are uh and th- did you know that this is their western home when the when the clydesdales are that. on the west coast they hang out at the facilities here at the south point wow that's yeah. a fun fact enough about the south point though we're talking <laughs> super bowl uh, and, and you were there. You yeah. you told us last week that you had covered, what, 10, 12 Super Bowls? I think the 10. Okay. Yeah. So this so. was number number 11 for you. What, was, what were some of the differences? What were some of the unique things that Las Vegas did for a Super Bowl that you might not have seen in other places?
3: What? I told folks this before and they, they were kind of confused, but I said it would be the smallest attended Super Bowl just because of the size. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had to take over some sections for the media and things like that. So six sixty one thousand 61,000 smallest attended, uh, not including the pandemic year in Tampa, which was half attended. But um, again, so when I, when I told people like if you find a ticket and it won't be cheap, you're going to have a great seat. I mean, you know, we talk about 60,000, you're right on t- top of it. Um, One of the reasons that the league loved Vegas is the footprint. So no matter where you were staying, like on the strip, it wasn't a long commute. Again, you've been at some of these places like when it's in Phoenix, the games in Glendale. So like good luck finding like an Uber or like a ride there. So I said, you know, I mean, the great thing about Vegas is that there was no, you know, traditional tailgate, but the tailgate, as you know, on a normal game day, Sunday is at the sports book is Mm -hmm. at the casino. So it was fantastic. I thought, and that,
0: the last part that you had brought up, pretty similar to what we've seen with the Raiders, yeah. and especially UNLV also plays in that stadium, where the tailgate scene is not that great on the grounds yeah. of the stadium, but it's because everybody does it elsewhere and then matriculates into the stadium. And uh, it, it is just a little bit different, like you had said, footprint-wise. And I thought it was interesting, before the game even happened, Roger Goodell and the NFL came out and said, yep, they're in the rotation. Yeah, It's coming back to Vegas. I thought that was very interesting. They must have absolutely been enamored with what they saw in the whole lead-up to the Super Bowl, tell, tell us what you have seen in your eyes from that, that lead-up, how the game was kind of constructed and maybe how they do it a little bit differently here than other places.
3: Again, it was really about that footprint where like as soon as you got here and whether you checked into your hotel, I mean, like everything was kind of connected. And if you know Vegas so well enough... You didn't have to take like an Uber or Lyft. You can get on the monorail rail or things like that. Uh, But again, there's so many great Super Bowl towns that are not connected. I'm from Los Angeles, and I really hope that we're in the rotation and we are. Again, the fact that we hosted in 21 and we're going to get it again in 27, um, but it's so spread out. Whether you're in downtown or the South Bay or Los Angeles or something else. Vegas is so great in that respect. Where where the entire week from like like all the parties, they were right on that strip. Um, and I think the league really loved that. You didn't have to commute too far.
1: That is great. And that's funny you bring up L.A. Because I was going to say, do you think there was, because from our point of view, from the outside looking in, it felt like there was so many big names, so many celebrities here all week long, just walking up and down the strip. You could be at any casino and run into somebody of course you probably see that in la too but yeah. compared to other super bowls would you say that there was a lot of big names that showed up
3: 100 and i and i say this with all like love and respect i mean no one i mean like everyone in los angeles views vegas as as, as if it's like a part of our community yeah. a part of our town and so uh you know when i start started my company this the uh, Tribune, I, I i said I wanna cover this region because this region, not just the city, is gonna be the sports hub over the next, you know, ten years when you talk about the Olympics and the World Cup and the Super Bowls and the final four and things like that. Like LeBron James is here. LeBron James has been very specific. He doesn't want to just like own a franchise, he wants to own a franchise in Las Vegas. And again, it's because it's hot and people want to be here, but it's such a short flight, such a short drive. And and so I think people, whether you live in Los Angeles, you're like, oh, the Super Bowl's in Vegas, we gotta
0: go. Right. You'll never find a shorter drive than the four-hour jaunt from (laughs) Los Angeles to Vegas for folks that are going in that direction specifically. Exactly. Uh, One of the things that I thought was interesting just combing through your, your social media last night were some of the prices of concessions that you had posted. Now- NFL concession prices are are out of hand. There is no way around it when you compare it to years past and, you know, just the economy in general. I was surprised to see, and we've got a graphic here, they didn't really gouge you for prices of concessions at the Super Bowl.
3: No, you know, and the reason that that I posted it was just to show fans what it cost. But again, it was not unlike a normal Sunday uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, You know, I saw Chris at the South Point post the prices, you're not going to get Better prices on the South Point or better hot dogs. But, you know, not bad really considering, uh, again, you would think that the Super Bowl would come in. The concession stands were the same if you've been to a game there on Sunday. Same food, same fare, same prices. So, again, not too bad, but it was interesting how uh, that took off. Again, so, so many people say, oh, that much for, like, a water, that much for a beer. Uh, yes, if you go to a pro football game generally yeah. on a Sunday,
0: that's what it will cost you. On well, Vegas residents are also conditioned. Uh, those are kind of oh, right? exactly. casino Concession uh, prices, yeah.
3: yeah,
1: they really are. What did you think of the overall game? A little bit of a slow start, yeah. but we got overtime, so I think it didn't disappoint.
3: No, exactly. I mean, I mean like a terrible first half. I mean, th- we could say that it was not a good first half. Amazing halftime. Um, you guys are a little bit younger than me, I think. I mean, for for for, for me, that I, I'm like oh my God, it's ludicrous. its I mean, I, I was losing my mind. Yeah, it was Usher. It was, so that was, for me, it was a top five halftime show. Uh, I was sitting next to Steve Karp, an amazing columnist in Las Vegas, uh, a little bit older than me, so he didn't like it as much. <laughs> but... Amazing half, after- but the second half lived up to it. A little bit like the week I thought in Vegas where it was a little bit gloomy and rainy and what and then you picked up, and by game day, it was sunny, it was fantastic, uh, but again, listen, if you get like a walk-off touchdown in the Super Bowl, you can't beat that. Right.
0: And I, you, you hit the nail on the head because on yesterday's show, alex and i talked about how we we love the halftime performance oh, there we go. even before we we took the air today we did say there was a a nice little niche of about 10 <laughs> to 15 years of people that oh, yeah. really really appreciate it basically anybody from like 30 to 45 there right we go now, thank right you right up the alley and yeah alex, <laughs> alex and i defended usher perfect these have been so far this week and uh i wanted to show the video you mentioned the walk-off touchdown mm. this is a video of that walk-off touchdown what was the atmosphere like in the stadium because I'm sure there were some people not only on the field but in the stands that didn't know that that was the end of the game. It was. You know, I was familiar with the rule.
3: I was amazed at the number of San Francisco players who not only did not know the rule but actually said they didn't know the rule because I would have kept that to myself. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, it was an amazing moment and, 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 and you really are watching history and I've been lucky enough to cover the two Super Bowls that went past regulation. This was incredible though because you know, you're know you watching history. You know, I've been so lucky to cover Tom Brady and now Patrick Mahomes and I, and I do think we are seeing the big beginning of sort of that next and this this was the moment i was like oh like that that, that, that's amazing you know patrick holmes dropping to his back and his knees and like just saying like what an amazing uh time period and and um and i think in these moments i really try to like capture it so while you know sometimes like i'm doing that the reason the focus was not great i was like i want to watch this but i kind of want to capture the moment and the scene but it, it was what a great Super Bowl! And I was so happy that, that that Vegas had that because you can't control the weather, you can't control things like that, you can't control how good the game is. To get a game like that, to get a finish like that, was incredible.
1: Did you guys know that Oz the Mentalist had when he was on Hard Knocks with the Jets that he picked Nicole Hartman out of all of them and asked what the Super Bowl prediction would be? He i had heard that because
3: again like he switched teams but he still won and he beat san francisco yeah. right, right. I mean, he so still that picked incredible. that it
1: would be against san francisco right he just didn't know it would be up with a different I go team i thought that was pretty
0: crazy
3: i'm thinking the same thing
1: right yeah where is this guy <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was he's pretty got a new uh,
0: career path after the whole 100 percent right? oh getting into the uh the, the, the sports betting racket uh we're joined by arash markazi uh founder ceo of the Sporting Tribune, uh, really, I, I've been calling you a sports culture maven because you're, you're kind of all over the place, that. covering a lot of different things, not just the game on the field, but you know some of the things going around it. That's why I thought you had a really cool perspective on Radio Row, what mm-hmm. Las Vegas has been like with the Super Bowl. and We showed the video of your view of the walk-off Super Bowl. Uh, you, you have a pretty good social media following. That one's done over 20,000 or so views. This next one, though, has done over six <laughs> figures because oh. it got shared around. Which Tell us about this particular moment when a couple of fans on oh, yeah. the field. Well, this is great because you know, when you when
3: I captured this, I know that the TV is not going to capture it. So I'm going to get something that that's exclusive here. Uh what you'll see at the beginning of the clip, it was actually two streakers, I guess you could call them. Um, but again, security was so tight. I'm like amazed how these guys got on the field because even with my press credential, like there's certain parts of the stadium you can't walk into, and I'm like I'm wearing a suit. I got my press credential. I look pretty official. Uh, how these guys, two of them, ran onto the field like that was incredible. But, you know, when you capture moments like that and then Taylor Swift uh, chugging the beers, you're like, okay, so that's not going to be on the TV broadcast. Yeah. So I always try to bring uh, the folks who are following me, and thanks for the follow,
0: is give them something that they can see on the TV show. And I thought that was really interesting how they mentioned the streaker because uh, yeah. Tony Romo and, and uh, Jim uh, Nance – Right away, we're like, oh yeah, there's a couple of guys in the field and that's not normally how exactly. they do it the broadcast. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was really, really interesting just to see the the views on your tweets. Yeah, of, You know, Super Bowl winning walk-off play, 20,000. Idiots running on the field, hundreds of thousands. <laughs> um, and, and you brought <laughs> the up the, the, the Taylor Swift and the, really the celebrity aspect in yeah. general. And of course, the Super Bowl, a who's who of basically every industry, but the Super Bowl even more so um, and we, we kind of already talked a little bit about it. What was your favorite celebrity sighting? Maybe whether it was someone that you have liked personally or maybe someone that you had met or saw that was doing just something really cool.
3: It's interesting. I mean, I, I think like LeBron James being there with Draymond Green. I mean, we, we've always wondered in Los Angeles, like, you know, when are these guys going to team up with the Lakers? Uh, because these guys are like really close friends. So the fact that they I knew LeBron would be there because they had some time Uh between games uh they played tonight but then I, i knew okay like lebron's gonna be there uh just looking at the suites so I mean I'm with my friend and I'm just you know again this is people watching you know to your point in Los Angeles love to do that courtside certainly in Las Vegas Uh, by the way the people's fascination with Las Vegas was amazing like like, they wanted to know where the teams are staying oh they're all the way in Lake Las Vegas the majority of the country had not even heard of Lake Las Vegas and I hope that they maybe go check it out at some point just because it is nice out there and they were like oh the media hotels at the Luxor I'm like the Luxor is not the win but it is a fine hotel it's right across the hacienda bridge from the stadium so i think people love las vegas they love the spectacle of las vegas so i mean i think that's why celebrities when they hear of the super bowl being here or the f1 or whatnot they want to come here
1: i want to get your take on the raiders but first let me make sure. So your region, you do cover all of our Las Vegas sports Yeah, well. Yes, Southern
3: California, Las Vegas, Hawaii, and, and folks in Las Vegas. No, I mean, the, the 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 number of people from Hawaii here, the Ninth Island. Yes. And so, uh, again, the love and the, the passion that they have for the sports here. So uh, Southern California, Las Vegas, Hawaii.
1: What do you think about the Raiders? And you can be honest. I mean, we've got a tough division now, it especially is. with all of our coaches Oh, the coaches hiring around us. Yeah,
3: I mean, I love Antonio Pierce. Yes. I love the fact that they picked him as the head coach. I do think it's a tough division. I do think the Chargers, uh, you know, got the coach that's going to really actually get the most out of this talented team that they have. And you look at his track record, no matter where he's gone, whether it's San Francisco. And again, you you know, sometimes when a college coach comes back to the pro ranks, how is that going to do? Well, we have a track record of success. I mean, he took over a San Francisco franchise that had not done too much, took them to the conference championship game. I think the Chargers are definitely gonna be in the mix the Chiefs will certainly be the um, there too. So I think the Raiders have the right coach in place. the culture changes there. they're just in a tough division. So I think if they were not in the West, maybe they're a playoff team. I think they'll still be in the hunt uh, again, tough the tough division right now. Yeah, you mentioned so. Harbaugh with the 49ers he got he got a bad beat getting run out of there originally He really did I get that was the I mean it was the only bad season he was a 500 coach but you look in the three seasons previous, previous to that 13 wins 13 wins 12 wins had them always in contention
0: and we've been talking on today's show about next year's super bowl odds and yeah. there's uh, some surprises although right there at the top what do you know the 49ers and the chiefs yeah. we were saying you know the 49ers basically power rated from start to finish as the number one or number two team in the NFL all year, the Chiefs, obviously, with a really, really precipitous rise towards the end. So no surprise that those two are, are the top two. But if, if you take a look at these odds right behind them, the Bills and the Ravens and then the Bengals and the Packers, it is a really interesting crop of teams at 10 to 1 right behind them. Out of those four, Orash, Bills, Ravens, Bengals, Packers, which one in your eyes has the best shot to win it all next year? So listen, I like the top two teams.
3: I think the Ravens is a good bet right now, just because they were my team to win it. I mean, you look what they did last season in terms of, you know, they they beat up on San Francisco, they beat up on Detroit. And so I thought like if they get to the Super Bowl, they're going to win this thing. And I know I mentioned this before, but the Chargers at twenty to one. The reason that I like that that that, that pick is I really believe that they can get to the conference championship game again. I cannot stress enough that the Chargers over the past few years have not had a coach who could lead them. They they got cheap with the coach with Mike McCoy, with Anthony Lynn, and with Brandon Staley. They have a culture changer now in Jim Harbaugh. They're move, moving into new practice facilities in the South Bay. Uh would not be shocked to see that program turned around when you got a top-tier coach and a top-tier quarterback. Generally, I look to that. Uh so just if you want kind of a uh, you know, tw- 20 to 1 Kind of a long shot, but the Ravens. Listen, give me Lamar Jackson. I mean, I, they were my pick this year.
0: The question that I posed to Alex earlier when we were talking about these odds, you see, the four teams grouped at thirty to one: Falcons, Bears, Browns, yeah. Jaguars. Which one of those do you have power rated as the top of those four right now? The Bears is interesting to me, just
3: because they have, you know I mean, very rarely do you have a team that has the, the top two draft picks. You know, yeah. so do they really? go get Caleb Williams and kind of, you know, change the direction of the fan- franchise. I mean, having covered Caleb with USC, I mean, I think he is one of the best quarterbacks I've seen in college. I mean, how that transfers over to, uh, to the pro ranks, we'll, we'll we'll see. I do like, I mean, if you're going to say from those teams, I like Chicago just because what they could t- potentially do.
0: They've got the, the biggest chance to make a big Exactly. Lead. And uh, we, we saw today and Frank Nicoteau talking about it on our punchline <laughs> show earlier all of a sudden, Justin Fields—you know—everybody knows that he's likely likely to get moved. All of a sudden, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the betting favorite to land him. What
1: would
3: yeah. you think
0: about that combination? That'd be huge.
1: Again, I he was going to be the Raiders. I, I would have <laughs>
0: loved
3: that as well. I would have loved that <laughs> as well. I think we're second or third in the yeah. Audience. I mean, I, I think Fields is a fantastic quarterback. And again, I mean, that's why. Like, I think if you're Chicago, like, what do you do? I mean, do you? It does seem like they'll they'll, they'll move on past him, but. Um, like, I think if he's in the right situation, yeah. he could still be a fantastic quarterback.
1: Well, and now's the time, right? Because I guess teams do want him yeah. right now. And yeah. then they have the opportunity to Strike take Walt Caleb Aaron's Williams. High. Yeah.
3: But when you look at Pittsburgh, I mean, they have a top-tier coach. And I really always like that top-tier coach, top-tier quarterback. If you've got those two things, you have a chance to win in this league.
0: Well, and we've seen year in and year out. That is the recipe, maybe not to win the Super Bowl every year, but to be competitive and make the playoffs year in and year out. And we're starting to see some teams. I like what you said about the Chargers. They finally have those two in place. I, I like them to make a jump as well, yeah.
1: Well, we can't count out the Rams, right, with those two, with Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford. What they did this year was incredible. incredible. I kind of counted them out, and then but they draft so well. But they finally get a number one.
3: They finally got their first, first round, round pick, first round yeah. pick since uh, selecting Jared Goff way oh back when God. they first came <laughs> to Los Angeles. I mean, here's the thing about them is that, again— Great quarterback, great coach. And again, I think the, the, the thing was, can they stay healthy? Um, and by the way, that, that's why when you look at the top odds to win the Super Bowl next year, it's hard to get back. I think everyone thought when the Rams won it, their, their thing was, let's run it back. Yeah. And like they brought back that core group. The core group uh, did, did not stay healthy. It is hard to return. So while, you know, listen, it makes
0: sense So those are the top two teams right now, it's hard to get back here. It is such a grind. And Arash, before we let you go, wanted to ask you about an NBA game tonight. The Lakers at home playing against the Pistons. They are a 12-point favorite. That's a big number. Uh, And with the way that the Lakers have been going recently, they haven't been covering those big numbers. What do you think of this matchup tonight? Don't like them to cover. I mean,
3: it's just just generally speaking. I mean, that's a big number for them. But I I do like them to kind of make a run right now. I mean, so now the trade deadline is done. We we looked at the the trade deadline a year ago when they made the big moves that they did, uh, getting D'Angelo Russell and Rui Hachimura and Jared Vanderbilt. They had to do that. I really think with this core group that they have, if they just Stay healthy, they have a chance to go on a run right now. Now, do they get to the conference finals like they did a year ago? Probably not. Uh, but I do like them to win. 12 points is a big spread for them, though.
1: What do you think about their little brother team? Kawhi Leonard has <laughs> stayed nice and healthy. Listen, and James Harden worked out. Health
3: is the number one thing. Yeah. And you touched on it. I mean, I really felt for a while, this core group, if they can stay healthy, you go to the year where they made it to their first conference finals in franchise history. If Kawhi was healthy, I thought they could have won the entire, uh, the the um, whole thing. They've never been healthy. Not only that, they've missed Kawhi plus Paul George. Right. So it's not like they, they've missed one guy. They've missed Kawhi and Paul George really hard. But now they have four guys. And one of the reasons that they really did that, one of the reasons that they said, we got to get James Harden, we got to get, uh, uh, you know, these guys, is, is that if one of these guys go out, we do have a big three. Um, but again, It's always something with the Clippers. And it's a little bit like the Chargers, too. Something's going to happen with them, whether they Charger it up or Clipper it up. Unfortunately, I know they would hate for me to say that. uh, (laughs) Can can either
1: of those teams beat the Nuggets in the Western Conference? I don't think so. For the Clippers,
3: it's the size. And we saw that last night against the Timberwolves. That was a big test for them. Can they home game with the one seed on the line? It's it's size. Size. When they go against Denver, when they go against Minnesota, I don't think they can win that series. So I don't see them... Go into the conference finals, but listen, we'll see if the days can stay healthy. Yeah,
0: here's hoping they don't clipper it up. Right, there you go, there you go. <laughs> He's Arash Markazi. At Markazi on Twitter, CEO and founder of the Sporting Tribune, and a good friend of the program. Now a repeat offender. Love it. Sports by the Book. Uh, thanks so much for uh, for joining us. Loved having your opinion on the Super Bowl. We're gonna take one more break. Back in two
2: minutes with Sports by the Book. Once you've satisfied your hunger, get ready for more of the hottest casino games in Vegas. Our 24-hour 30-table non-smoking poker room proudly hosts all the most popular poker games with a variety of betting limits. Visit the poker room for a schedule of daily tournaments. Whether you're gonna hold them or fold them, the best place for poker is at South Point Casino. You'll notice that our craps tables are usually the loudest in the casino. If you've never played, Join one of our free craps lessons to find out what makes this game so exciting. Check with the craps dealer for schedules and give it a roll. Bingo is also an exciting way to spend your time. We offer seven sessions of bingo every day. And each session includes a cash ball jackpot, 12 bingo games, a progressive double action game, and a $10,000 bonus coverall. Electronic units are available. If you haven't played bingo with us, give it a try today. Guests can also get in on the action at our one-of-a-kind race and sports books. two separate rooms designed to maximize your experience and comfort. Our sports book, with over 400 seats, puts you right in the middle of the action, 24 hours a day. The friendly ticket riders are happy to help, and it's conveniently located next to the famous Del Mar Deli, where you'll find supersized portions of delicious deli items like roast beef, pastrami, and Reuben sandwiches, or soups, salads, and pizza plus spectacular desserts fit for a king. And right next door is the racebook. Over 150 seats, each with its own TV screen. There are 16 interactive player terminals, so you can bet right from your seat.
0: We are back here on Sports by the Book. She's Alex White. Hi, Matt. Never to big thanks. One more, once more to our good friend Arash Markazi. Loved his firsthand experience of the Super Bowl and just kind of the unique elements that Las Vegas brought to the party.
1: Fantastic, and I love that he has this region and he's been covering Super Bowls for ten years, but kind of gives us the inside of Vegas and L.A. and combined it all. Yeah. It was a fun segment.
0: He's definitely a good time, good NBA knowledge as well. We'll have to have him on as we get towards the end of the NBA regular season. But we're talking college hoops to close out the show. Uh, on today's edition and more specifically we thought it'd be a good time to get into some of these conference championship regular season odds because we're on the the back nine so to speak of of conference schedules around the country and while there's certain conferences like the big 10 alex where purdue is a minus 14 favorite to win that conference uh, there are some conferences that are you know still up for grabs especially the big 12 uh, you, you'll see as houston a minus 175 favorite but they've got a really tough schedule down the back stretch and Iowa State all of a sudden looks like world beaters. They opened the season, Alex, at 14 to 1 to win the Big 12. Now at plus 325 with something like eight, nine games to go.
1: So I have Iowa State to win it all. You know, when you see those big numbers, I got them at 50 to 1. I just grabbed it before they had a big game coming up. I think they're still 35 to 1 here, though. So I don't know if I would double down and take them to win a conference, but I probably should have looked at them to win the Big 12 rather than the whole tournament earlier on. But I do love this team. I love TJ Otzelberger and what he's done here, and he's really built this program over the years. Defensive-minded coach, right? They've been outstanding. Play, play slow. I was thinking Baylor might be a good pick here too, at seven to or fourteen to one. Actually, yeah, that's even better. But it's hard. Um, Texas won last year, and now Houston—it's their first year yeah. here, right? So as the favorite, that's pretty crazy. Do you think they could finish through here? Or are you like one of these other plus money?
0: At, at this point, I would it would be Houston or bust for me. Okay. Um, and I, I, I don't even have the Iowa State feature that you do. Um, how about Kansas, though, on the other side? They opened as a 2-1. As a to They were the favorite to win the conference preseason. Now it's 7-1, to and, and we saw in their performance the other night, they're liable to get blown out every now and then.
1: So I think you and Jeff have both been talking about their lack of depth yeah. throughout this season, right? And I think we saw that on display yesterday without McCullers in that game. So, you're right. They do have the chance to get blown out. I mean, that that game was never even competitive.
0: No, not at all. And it's really striking to see that from a Bill Self coached team.
1: It is. But when their shots, they couldn't make anything and um really weren't on the boards, they didn't have many rebounds. So, yeah, I would stay away from Kansas. That's for sure. That's why I looked even lower on the board, but it was Texas Tech at 25 to 1. I mean, they played tough last night against Kansas, so yeah. Might be a little shot there but i like baylor baylor's a good team overall and it's funny because if you look at ken palm and you look at the conference really it's houston with the offensive and defensive mm-hmm. efficiency numbers and then everybody else is very good offensively or very good defensively nobody is v- really balanced except for i would say baylor is is the next best but
0: taking a look at a couple of other conferences here we'll, we'll fly through these ones next up the sec Uh, Alabama and Auburn, normally the two of the top favorites to win it in football. Here we are in uh, mid-February all of a sudden. They're the top two favorites to win the SEC. Alabama laying a dollar and a quarter, rather getting it. uh, Auburn plus 210. Tennessee at plus 275 would be my dark horse pick. And then uh, I I threw the Gamecocks on the graphic as well. South Carolina at 10-1, to having their best season on the hardwood in uh, over 20 years. I think Tennessee is a team, with the way that they play on defense, they've got a ton of big man depth. I think that it's either Alabama or Tennessee in my eyes. And if you want some value, the volunteers might be my pick.
1: Okay. How hard is it to go back to back? Because Alabama did win last year, so they would have to repeat here. But, I mean, I like Auburn. I, I've i liked them all year long. And Vinny's been a big fan of Auburn, too, in that in that conference. Um, I also do like Alabama overall, though. So, I don't know. This is a tough one. I, would, um, I think you're on to something with Bama or uh, maybe a— um, uh, throwing a dart there Spring with one with of them. these. yeah.
0: Uh, you you said that this conference is tough. You want to go to the toughest conference in the country to pick right now? The Mountain West.
1: Mountain the West. The Mountain
0: West has, as you'll see, six teams with a really a, a, a legitimate shot, and this doesn't even mm. include UNLV, who is a game back in the loss column. They're a game and a half out at 25-1. to 1. They are a real dark horse, our local team here. Uh, Utah State, under first-year head coach Danny Sprinkle, I think He is a top two or three candidate, if not the candidate for national coach of the year with what he's done, bringing in an entirely new roster. This is a team that returned zero points from last year. And all of a sudden, they're the betting favorite to win what is, for all intents and purposes, the most competitive conference in the country at this point in the regular season. Don't count out San Diego State. They made it all the way to the national title last year. New Mexico, a really, really strong team. But uh, they are pretty topsy-turvy. It's either up or down for them. Colorado State, I think, is one of the most consistent teams with what they've been able to do with Isaiah Stevens. And then Nevada and Boise State, both at 11-1. to Is there one of these teams that jumps out to you with the odds?
1: I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, Matt.
0: (laughs) I I think I know what you're going to say.
1: I would look at Nevada here at 10-1. to I think, um, I mean, they just had two big wins. I think it was SDSU and... Uh, Colorado Mex- State. Colorado State, right? Two, two ranked wins. At Ken, but that's how this conference goes. So it's really just throwing a dart with them. But I do like UNLV, too, at 25-1. to 1. I'm still confused on why New Mexico isn't the betting favorite here.
0: Because they are, in uh, Ken Palm rankings, number one in the conference. Right. Um, I think it's a lot of recency bias. They lost to okay. UNLV. This, this New Mexico team has lost two of their last three. So I'm sure these odds the other day... Uh, may have been reflected a little bit differently. And we'll revisit these odds next week just to kind of see uh, with, with this week's results how they play in. But yeah, this Mountain West top to bottom, I, I mean, this is a league that if they didn't just cannibalize themselves would get five, six bids every year.
1: It's crazy. So you did um, beginning of football season through a dart, picked be there. Um, are you thinking that again for Mountain West basketball? Or what do you think? It's funny, it's actually here, and you would think it would be a home court advantage, but that hasn't worked out for the Rebels in quite some time.
0: Yeah, not necessarily. Well, it it, it is because it has been here for so long yeah. that all these other schools and fans of these schools make their plans to come out here. So there isn't as much of a home court advantage right. as you would expect. I was just out at the pit engineering for UNLV basketball on the radio. That's a huge home court advantage. It is incredible out there. but. Uh yeah, Mountain West should be really really interesting here at the beginning of the uh, beginning of March, and uh we'll we'll hit some of these other conferences throughout the week. But I want to get into tonight's matchup, uh, one game that we both are on. Did you, were, were you on this game that started at three thirty, Marquette
1: Butler? I am.
0: We we are both on Butler. Uh, it has not worked out for us so far, but it's a long game. But in terms of the games that start at four, one of the games that you and I are both on the same side and looking at Iowa State. Number 10 team in the country taking on Cincinnati in Ohio. Number six seventeen six eighteen 618 on the betting rotation. The Bearcats laying a point and a half. This game starts at four on ESPN The Deuce.
1: So really just a, a play on the number. And you might have been braver than me and taking the money line here. But I did grab the one and a half with Iowa State. I think they should be the favorite, even though they are on the road. Cincinnati is, is a good team. I'm not trying to knock them, but... Then we have Iowa State. They're 7-3 ATS in conference. They're coming off their best game. They were shooting 50% against TCU. So I do like Iowa State in this one.
0: Yeah, these are this is a matchup of two top 20 defensive teams in terms of yeah. defensive efficiency on Ken Palm. Iowa State, number three. They're number nine in Ken Palm overall. Cincinnati in their first year in the Big 12, number 32 in Ken Palm overall. Uh, big trend for me in this one. Uh, Iowa State, five and one in their last six games, both straight up and ATS. They're second in the Big 12 overall. and This is the, the best conference in the country. Cincinnati in their first year in the conference, 11th out of the 14 right. teams in the Big 14. It doesn't have the same right. uh, ring to it. But yeah, I did lay the money line. I got plus I I got I got plus 110 and uh, we, on the one and a half point dog.
1: We were both talking about this. Total seems a little high for these two um, defensive teams here.
0: I definitely lean under this one at uh, 137 and a half on the total. So I'm on Iowa State. You're leaning Iowa State. Another game that we had talked about before the show is a uh, matchup of ranked Big 12 teams. Number 25, Oklahoma in Waco taking on number 12, Baylor. Uh, Baylor has won 11 of the last 12 games in this matchup. And uh, wow. this is their first matchup of the year. Baylor won this matchup by 10 last February. This is a really interesting one of in the Big 12.
1: So I didn't have anything here. I think Baylor's, I think that number's about right. They should be about a seven-point favorite at home here. And the total feels just right, too. Did you like anything in this one? I am on the Bears. I I
0: got six and a half. I bet it a little bit earlier. You see it's at seven behind us at the South Point. Now, I still don't hate it at that number. Uh, Baylor right now shooting 39.8% from beyond the arc. That's fourth in the country. Uh, not a team that normally shoots that well from behind the arc, and also playing in their first year at a new home arena. They're twelve and one at home this year. Their only loss was a triple overtime heartbreaker against TCU, who was ranked at the time. Right, it's, it's the Big Twelve. Everyone basically has been ranked at this point of the year. Absolutely. Uh, so I like the Bears. Um, what's one that, that that you're looking at?
1: So I do have a underplay today. Yeah, I am uh, Colorado State in SDSU.
0: Mountain West, baby. Mountain
1: West. I went under 40 here. Colorado State, 7-3 and three to the under. I just think we'll see we have a de- defensive battle between these two.
0: Okay, I like West that. West yeah, two. this is, these are two teams that typically play well. San Diego State playing at home at Viejas Arena, one of the best defensive teams in the country. You want to talk about another Mountain West team with a pretty supreme home court advantage. And uh, again, with yes. Colorado State, consistency. You know what you're going to get. They give a good defensive effort. And Isaiah Stevens, their floor general point guard, Typically slows the pace down. So I I, I like that underplay under one forty CSU San Diego State.
1: One of your favorite players in the country. He is.
0: He's the best distributor in my eyes in, in all of college basketball. Isaiah Stevens, uh one of the most underrated and unheralded point guards in, in all of basketball right now. Uh, another Mountain West matchup, and we we talked about these guys. New Mexico oh, yeah. at Nevada. All of a sudden, the Mountain West, because of the fact that they cannibalize themselves, <laughs> no ranked teams basically for the first time all season. This one's six forty nine, six fifty on the betting rotation. Uh, Nevada, linked two and a half points, and I think you and I are both on the Lobos.
1: I I took the points here with New Mexico. I just I I think they should still be favored too. I think they. You're right. The recency bias. So yeah, I like New Mexico in this one. Lobos. Um, they did. They won by a, quite a big margin the first time these two played.
0: Yeah, eighty nine fifty five. It was in 55. New Mexico, but yeah. I just don't. They, Nevada has responded well. They've won their three games since then. But I just don't think that it's going to be hard to for if you're in New Mexico, the ways that you had success in that game. Why would they not just go right back? Completely and
1: well? agree. And sometimes it's just a bad matchup for certain teams, and I think this might be a bad matchup for the Wolfpack.
0: Oh, it's been a bad matchup, matchup for the Lobos in Reno as of late. They're looking for their first win in their last seven tries in Reno, Nevada. Uh, seven and three Ooh. ATS in their last ten against New Mexico, but this is a different New Mexico team. They go the way Jalen House goes. He was out of sorts in the game against UNLV last Saturday. I think he has a yeah. real get back off the mat game. And uh yeah, you and I are both on the Lobos. I did Money Line. I love my road dogs okay. on the money line. Uh last one that we'll talk about here before we take off, 645, 646, UCF at number 19 BYU. This is a oh. big number for the Cougars, but I like BYU to cover this.
1: I mean, BYU is a lot better at home. They proved that all season long. So that's the only way I would look at this one is the Cougars, but I didn't play it here.
0: I, I don't hate the total as well over 143.5 and now 144.5. BYU this season at home, Alex, averaging 87 points that's per game. That's uh, and UCF is a al- is averaging allowing seventy three points per game on the road. Okay, so this is going to be a high scoring game at least on one side. It's just going to be a matter of if UCF, in their first year in the Big Twelve, can uh, put some points on the board against another team in their their first year in the Big Twelve. Is there maybe one more play that you wanted to get in? And you know, it's, a
1: total's actually gone down quite a bit. So I actually like the over. Oh, we might It must have been the Alabama. No, Mississippi and Kentucky. Oh, Miss,
0: Kentucky. Let's and it's it. a
1: very high total, but I, I think it's down to 162.5 now. Right before we started the show, that's what I got it at. So Mississippi 7-3 and three to the over on the road. They are 243rd in pace. Um, then we have Kentucky 12-2 and two to the over at home. So this is actually the fourth, 14th quickest team, <laughs> 72.4 possessions per game. Ignore Mississippi's pace. Kentucky is going to control this game. They are at home. They're the far better team. So I think they'll control the pace in this one. 14th quickest team in the nation.
0: Alex, you're going to love this. It's down to 162 behind us. Very good. So thinking over, Alex likes in Ole Miss and Kentucky. That'll do it for us today here at Sports by the Book. Big thanks to our guy, Arash Markazi, for stopping by in studio to recap his in-person experience at Super Bowl 58. A big thanks to Jerry, Ann, and Andrew behind the glass my partner, Alex White, I'm Matt Neverett saying thanks so much for tuning in. Jeff Parles, back in this chair tomorrow for Sports by the Book, three to four here on the West Coast. Until then, so long.